If we're on a road, that's not a battlefield. Like that kind of goes against rules of war and all that. So do we have rules of war? But- I mean, it worst comes to worse. I have a lot of fire spells so we can just burn the fur off and look more draconic. <laughs> Use persuasion on the oxen. Uh, no, I'm going to. <laughs> For those of you at home, yeah. everybody's counting on their fingers right now. It's pretty <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> well, lead with words first, and we will follow with steel next, necessary. Well, that's not great. Chapter 185. The roadblock. Okay. So in the last episode, uh, Craval's party uh, with the two Tabaxi and Cotter and uh, and uh, no one had uh, begun their journey down from the heights after dealing with the problems up with the Dragonborn. And uh, you guys had hitched a ride on the ore carts heading uh, down the hill. And uh, I'd stopped for the night after some time. Apparently the carters were of the opinion that um, there was danger below and danger above from uh, below from the forces of Excalbarium Calice and above from the uh, rebel Dragonborn. And so they were going to kind of um, split the difference there and go a couple hours into the dark so that they were far enough away from one but not nearly close enough to the other. And then uh, pitched uh, for the night and, and actually uh, had an interesting thing happen where Craval actually taught Misty to project her magical fire uh, spells as a breath weapon. So that's going to be kind of fun to, uh, to do as we go forward. And that's where we left it. Everyone bedded down for the night. There were the, Some of the carters were standing guard so you guys could all get a nice good night's sleep. And uh, you guys, and we got, had the wild cat, we had the mountain cat. Yep, oh, yep, the mountain lion chased Thrax into uh, back into the uh, into the camp. So all sorts of fun things happened in the evening there, and uh, you guys all nodded off to sleep. And uh, then uh, you know the next morning breaks nice and early, and uh, you can you know, you're actually awakened by the sound of the carters you know getting their oxen hooked up. They're trying to take off just as soon after uh, the break of dawn as possible. Um, obviously, you guys have a basically full two-day trip just to get to Porta Magnum. Uh, certainly, this would have been a quicker thing if you could have gone to Excalbarium Calice and caught one of the uh, sand ships going across to Ferramons. But uh, apparently, in, under the circumstances, the carters have to go through Porta Magnum and do the, the long way around both sides of the triangle to Ferramons. So hopefully, by the end of today, you guys are somewhere deep into the Campo Magno in the fields of grain or fields of stubble as it is this time of year and pulling into Porta Magnum the next day. But uh, the uh, you guys, you know, start shaking off the cold and uh, the uh, carters actually have a fire going, uh, you know, basically emboldened by 
you guys starting a fire last time and actually have some hot cereal cooking on it. So they have a, a nice pot of gruel for everybody. Um, this brings up one th- question, though. Uh, tabaxi. You guys had um, jumped on these carts in the evening time and off into the dark and, and were um, around the, uh, the camp in the dark. So it was pretty easy to conceal yourselves there. But um, what are you going to do for concealment now? Are you just going to declare yourselves openly and say, hey, we're cat people, you know, deal with it? Or are you going to try to disguise yourselves or keep mostly to yourself? What are you going to do? I feel like at this point, I mean, Misty isn't super smart, so we'll probably follow Red's lead here. But um, I mean, the world doesn't know about us, right? So right. you guys have always kept very secret. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, erring on the side of caution there, like at least a cloak. Maybe we're just uh-huh. a weird dragonborn. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just keep like cloaks on and like more to ourselves rather than mingling specifically yeah. with the. Uh, and obviously while traveling, um, that's non- pretty easy to do because you're uh, on the backs of those ore carts. Um well away from the rest of the drivers and such. And obviously it's uh, pretty darn chilly up here in the Heights. Um, it's getting a little bit better as you've gone down the hill, but uh, it was a frosty morning this morning. And so uh, being bundled up in your cloaks, not all that unusual. Hey, is, is there any psionic, like, you know, men in black, forget me thing you've got that you can do? I don't have a forget me type thing. Um... Let me let me double check. Go in there and do some X Men style memory modifications. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that I have anything that can do like specifically forget me type stuff. I mean, it worst comes to worst, I have a lot of fire spells, so we can just burn the fur off and look more draconic. <laughs> you just look like a bunch of sphinx cats, then you know. It's Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> so I'll let the backseat stand in a corner and just get set on fire. Actually, you oh. know what? I do have something. Oh, what is it? Um uh it's called occluded mind. As an action, I can target one creature I can communicate with via telepathy. They must make an intelligent saving throw on a failed save. The target believes one statement of your choice for the next five minute for the next five minutes. I don't really think that would These work. These are not the cats you're looking for, basically. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> These are not the cats we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, I don't really think that'll That's the only thing. Sounds good. Okay. So we can use the force if we need to. Excellent. So um they pass out bowls of the gruel. Uh, so you guys can have something a little more um, emboldening than just your trail rations. And uh, pretty much by the time they've got the fire stamped out and, and cold and uh, they've thrown everything in there, the rest of the carters have hooked up the oxen and uh, watered and fed them and they are ready to get going down the hill. So, um, Kraval, you had actually scrunched in on the buckboard of the uh, front cart uh, for the first uh, evening's worth of trip. You were, you know, jamming there between, or you, the the carter himself was jammed between you and one of the dwarven miners who was on the other side. And 
as we were saying, thank goodness it's a dwarf, so it takes up a little less room on the on the front seat there. Um, are you going to occupy that again, or is everyone just going to lump in the back with the uh, with the rocks? I mean, unless anyone else wants to sit up there, I'll just sit at the buckboard again. Okay. I can sit on the rocks. Well, basically, everybody else would be on the rocks there. And obviously, Carter, uh, Cotter, the, the Carter Cotter, uh, is kind of gives you kind of a quizzical look as as Creval takes that because I mean, technically speaking, these are your carts. Well, well are, are we still in the mountains or are we back on the plains? We are definitely in the mountains still. We're definitely in the mountains. Thought we were just going to do that while until we're out of the Dragonborn range, and I was going to yeah. swap that with Carter either way. Yeah, sometime around um, midday today, you guys should be. Um, coming down and meeting the high road just about where it uh, meets the crossroad of the low road heading towards Excalbarium Colise out there in the uh, southern part of the Campo Magno. So uh, so you're going to stay stay in the on the buckboard in, at least until uh, you get to uh, the plains themselves. Or until Carter asks to swap out with me. I mean, it really doesn't matter. I mean, how fast are these carts moving? Well, actually, they it's it's more of a slow and steady wins the war sort of thing. I mean, they're still clearing better than 30 miles a day. But, um, you know, the, the oxen kind of more plod along than they do. Uh, they walk, you know, they, they don't really kind of accelerate. They kind of gain momentum as they go down the hill. Um, but uh, but they do maintain that pace um, tirelessly all day long. So, uh, you know, when, once you guys got going, the oxen just kept going at the same slow speed the whole time. Well, is it slow enough that I can walk beside the cart without causing it to go slower? Um, oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, obviously that would be wearying, uh, hiking all day. Uh, the, the plus on being in the cart is you, you uh, don't expend any of your own energy. But, yeah, certainly you could walk about the same pace there as, as the carts go. Uh, all right, for right now, maybe we'll intersperse. Give them to break up the rocks so that they can either sit, stretch their legs or sit where they're not on rocks. I mean, it's Whatever he wants to do. I'm not trying to hog the spot. Sounds good. As, as cat people, I think we can sleep anywhere. Comfortably. Very true. And yeah, I like your idea of the switch as soon as we get out of the Dragonborn lands. Although, I don't know what no one thinks about it. I'm fine. Okay. Okay, so uh, you guys take off and start uh, moseying down the hill, heading there towards uh, the uh, area. And once again, you're kind of um, amazed at the industry of the dwarves. Uh, you took off in the evening time, and so you didn't get to see much of the road before. And it, it is just like a, a you know, a two-wheeled cart track. It's nothing uh, fancy beyond that. But they, you know, there's a lot of evidence that they cleared areas uh to make them flatter and things like that and then obviously as you've come across streams and stuff they actually built stone bridges from the uh the stones of the of the mine from the overburdened stones and uh you know they, they definitely have been uh, busy busy trying to improve this road to uh, make it as easy as possible and then about um middle of the morning you clear out of the last stands of the pine trees and enter the kind of the rolling hills uh, that are east and uh, or due east of Excalbarium Colise, but still higher up in, in altitude than that. And you, you, can, you know, convert it into a oak woodland from the pine forest that you're in earlier. 
things are a little bit more spread out and dispersed, and you actually come across one of the very first of the big tributaries to the river that flows right down the edge of Excolbarium Calise. Uh, if you remember, it just curves around the rocky outcropping that is Excolbarium Calise, and then just drains out into the mare and disappears into the sand down there. But this is one of the first of the big tributaries, and it's probably a good 15 to 20 feet across at this point in time. And the dwarves, instead of building a bridge at this point, they seem to have basically just collected cartload after cartload of crushed gravel from the mine and put that into the river and created a ford. And so the carters basically just keep on going. They don't even slow down for the uh, for the river and uh, the uh, water is kind of washing up against, uh, you know, the first couple of four or five inches of the uh, base of the wheels, but that's about it. And they just kind of scrub right across it, you know, just skitter right across without any trouble at all. And uh, so at this point in time, you guys are definitely down into the flatter lands at this point. You're definitely out of the mountains, Creval. So I don't know if you guys want to switch up at this point. Most definitely. Yeah. Okay, very good. And it's about an hour later. So you're um, maybe in, you know, an hour or two before midday that you clear the rolling hills and the, uh, and the oak woodlands. And you, you have one of those vistas that you frequently get in the, in the hills where you get to the top of one of the hills and before you, because of, you know, the terrain or the vegetation, it's just clear. And you're looking north into the Campo Magno. And you can just see um, to your northeast, the road continues and uh, stretches off into the distance in the horizon. And it's just this long, flat, almost plateau-like area that extends uh, north by northeast. And it's just open fields as far as you can see. And then off to your due north, um, the Campo Magno bangs up against the actual Mare Arenosum, and it just kind of grades out into the blowing dust of the Mare as it laps up against the, uh, the foothills there. And this is, remember how you saw some flames leaping up, Creval, through the eyes of the owl um, last night? Yes. You guys are actually beginning to see what those might have been because even from this uh distant perspective you can see you know there's little farmsteads that dot the area and clearly the nearer ones uh it's tough it's tough to tell with the farther ones they're just smudges on the horizon but the nearer ones have been burnt to the ground you can just see you know distant uh buildings that are just a couple of uh posts burnt sticking up uh, they're still miles and miles away, but you can, even at this distance, make that out. Foolish. What a waste. It's indeed. Okay, so, Cotter, were you going to switch with Creval, or what are you going to do? Yeah, I think we switched, like, after the river. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Very good. So you're you're up on the buckboard at the, the front of the whole thing there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you guys take off. And the road very quickly comes down and meets the high road. And it's maybe all of an hour's travel from there to the crossroads that uh, the low road heading to Excalbarium Calise meets. And the you notice that the driver is going 
a bit slower than before and he's looking around and he uh, kind of turns to you and he says well that uh, that uh, view of the burnt houses it's got me a little spooked sir um, we heard rumor of the patrols from Excolbarium Calise coming even this far north and, and maybe that's true something's going on and I'll uh, look to Kreval and ask if is this uh, are we moving slow enough that your owl can circle or is it not a daytime liking thing uh, he prefers to be in the night but I can certainly ask him to fly about yeah, just it doesn't even have to be constant. Just every so often, make sure there's nothing getting too close. Uh, if you could give me ten minutes to commune with it, I can send it out and about. Can you do that in the back of the cart, Mister DM? Can I do that in the back of a cart while it's moving? I bet you can. Yeah, you probably couldn't do it coming down the hill because you'd be bouncing around so much. But certainly here on the flats, it, it'd be easy enough just to you know gently rocking there. All right, then I'll, I'll do the ritual for B-Sense and for, not B-Sense, speak with animals. And then I will just tell tell the owl what I'm looking for exactly and then send it on its way. Okay, and what are you looking for exactly? Having been from that town, um, soldiers that would dress in the apparent colors of the guard or of the army. And then as well as anybody setting fires or uh, causing any sort of... Um, any sort of conflict, actual fighting conflict. Okay, very good. And uh, the owl bounds off your arm and flies into the air. And about um, half an hour later, Kraval, um, all of a sudden the owl just kind of, you see it winging out of the sky at you. And he dives down and uh, kind of pulls up short and, and lands. Uh, would he normally land on your arm or what would he, where would the owl land? Wherever you want, probably on on my arm. If okay. I start coming, and uh, he is in a state of some agitation. I mean, it's uh, either excitement or agitation. He's he's definitely uh, definitely um, is is excited, and um, he says something about there's a cluster of men ahead, hmm. and you guys are probably a half an hour's ride away from the crossroads at this point in time can you are the get... cross out of character are the crossroads like the half the border between Escobar and Colise and Porta Magnum no the uh, the Porta Magnum's held the Campo Magno in its entirety uh, down to the river basically for all time so you, you're probably a good three hours drive into the traditionally held lands of Porta Magnum okay uh, I would encourage everyone to uh, hop off the wagons and just be ready for potentially anything, but a possible attack. And Cotter, I think you're going to have to be the, the tip of the, you'll, you'll need to take the war leader responsibilities on this one. I think so. Okay. Um, so what does everyone do? Are you going to be continuing to ride on the carts or are you going to dismount and walk along? What are you going to do? I will dismount and walk along. I'm going to dismount and walk along too. I feel like I'll probably just stay on the cart. 
It would be easiest to hide for the tabaxi that way, yeah. Also, if you can just shoot five or sixty feet, you probably don't need to be walking. Yeah, I'm also gonna stay on the cart. Okay, and Cotter? Um, because I'm I'm at the front of the cart, so I'll just stay there because it's probably pretty easy to just jump off, and elevation's always okay. nice. Sounds good. Okay, so we got Noan and Craval flanking the front cart, and uh, everyone else on board there. And sure enough, in a short amount of time, you guys uh, can see the crossroads coming up up ahead. And yes, there appear to be a group of about 30 or more um, mixed infantry and cavalry that are sitting there. Or at least there's people on horses and people on foot. Uh, but obviously, um, considering what's going on, you would expect this is actually soldiers from Excalibarium Colise, and apparently maybe forming a roadblock here at the, at the crossroads. Uh, are they wearing the apparel of the Excalibarium Colise soldiers we saw earlier? Um, they do appear to be, yes. Okay. So this could be problematic. Well, lead with words first, and we will follow with steel next if necessary. I guess. And I I still have basically the effects of tranquility on. Mm -hmm. I could go up and speak with them. And if they decided to preemptively attack, then it, it just might not work. What are the effects of tranquility? That's a sanctuary spell. So if they want to attack, they have to make a wisdom save. If they fail, they have to choose a new target or abandon the attack. All right. He's just so incredibly low key. And I'm going to um, go into I'm like the dude. discipline. <laughs> yeah, which discipline there, Red? Precognition. Okay. And what does that do for you? Um, as of right now, um, I get advantage on initiative and at this at that and then nothing else for right now. Okay. Very good. Okay. So I'm gonna turn to the uh, Carter and ask him how because he's the one who knows more about getting a probably is he the leader of the group actually or is he just the one we got on he's pretty much the one you got on but it's, he's in the lead today mm -hmm. so it's, it seems like they're kind of a, a, a hierarchy of equals here where it's just you know they're just mm -hmm. a, they're four carters that drive four carts and it's like whoever you know gets in the front is the one who leads and whoever doesn't doesn't hmm you guys were a second or third in line last night. Yeah. I know a lot more about negotiating a couple people past a group of soldiers more than negotiating carts full of gold. So, mm -hmm. huh. Well, right now it's just pretty rocks, but yes. Yeah. But so I guess we just continue and negotiate our way past, hopefully. So do you want me to just to walk up and talk or how we how do we want to negotiate it? I'm thinking like the I'm thinking Cotter should because nothing against no one, but you don't look human and we're not sure what we can walk behind them as escorts, but I think it really should be Cotter that makes the uh initial approach. Yeah. Um also the power of um porta magnum is slightly invested in me so it's kind of more official if i go 
Uh, no. It's your responsibility. Yeah. Okay, so I'm thinking we drive the carts close, then stop. We go forward, talk with the soldiers. Do these soldiers seem like they're mostly like untrained militia people? Do they seem like the infantry or militia and the cavalry know what they're doing? Well, actually, give me a insight check to see what you uh, what you determine taking a look at them. Eleven. Eleven. They seem to be well. I mean, right now they're kind of milling about, so they could either be kind of undisciplined uh, cav- or not cavalry. The cavalry seems to be pretty, uh, pretty. Uh, well, actually, even they're milling about, uh, but they seem to be a little bit more organized. But they, they, or it could just be the fact that it's the middle of the day. Everybody's kind of lounging around at a crossroads where nothing's happening, and uh, you know they, they. So they're either you know, not well-trained or they're just kind of taking it easy because it's the middle of the day. Hmm. Okay. I guess that doesn't really change what I was thinking then. I guess just move the carts close, then stop the carts, get out, talk to the soldiers, hopefully negotiate our way past, and then keep going. Well, unless they're blocking the road, we don't even have to stop the carts. We can just roll right through. Are they blocking the road? Well, um, actually, now that you mention it, now that you are approaching, um, you see a couple of the, uh, well, not, and a couple being like five to ten of the uh, infantry, the footmen, um, kind of rouse themselves up off the ground. And, and they're not blocking the road, but they're kind of, you know, being in a kind of a ready stance on either side of the road. They're, they're up on their feet instead of sitting down. And one of the uh, horseback riders uh, mounts and just starts trotting down the road and um, is approaching you actually mm. fairly rapidly. So I'll talk to the carter and tell him mm. that um, when the horse horseman gets close enough to stop and we'll go out and talk to the soldiers and negotiate our way past okay and uh he he just kind of gives you a nervous nod and um so as you as the uh rider approaches he basically just you know comes up uh to your side of the cart there cutter Mm -hmm. and uh you know and just is holding one of his hands up as in you know to to stop and your carter just uh, brings the oxen to a, a complete halt. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he comes up and says, Ho there! Who goes there? And what is your business? I am... Actually, uh, you think it would be... You know, I am Cotter Fraser of House Fraser of Porto Magnum. And I am accompanying these and carts. roll me insight. Okay. I'm bad at that. Oh, no. 24. Okay. As soon as you say Porto Magnum, you notice his features harden on his face and uh he's he says no backstabbers from porta magnum are allowed across this road backstabbers from porta magnum yes you've been trying to starve our our people out for generations and we're not taking any more in fact he says he kind of looks around i think we'll have to confiscate your goods and he immediately starts wheeling about and starts trotting back to the forces that are right there. Well, that's not great. Can and, I snatch him off his horse? Uh, you could try. Uh, wouldn't that have the same result, though? 
Well, he fell off his horse. We're just helping him back up. Um, if you don't want me to, I won't. I mean, like, would it do anything? It seems well, like he's going. To, he's going to go get people to come take something that doesn't belong to him from us, and I'm fairly certain I'm not going to allow that to happen. Well, there's I, like thirty of them there, so. I mean, there are what five people level twelve? Can we take thirty people? I don't know it's, how. It's, it's it's a bit of a numbers game. Is it? And they and they have uh, cavalry with heavy horses, so. That's kind of ugly too, but I mean, you guys are also very, very powerful. So I mean, yeah, I also know, like, like player knowledge from the fights I've done with Owen that horses go down really fast. So, and I can outrun a horse easy. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the carts can't. I have a uh, fireball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when all else fails, fireball. Do we want to do we want to do mass murder on the the fields of the uh, Campo Magno? You may want to just let this person know uh, this is all out of character that if they insist on doing this, that we will defend themselves, and he will be up. He will cost his men many of their men their lives. Well, he's actually Seriously. riding riding away, so he's probably you know out of uh, voice range unless you're actually shouting at him. Um, and well, just about that, you want me to take him out? Just I mean, run up and I take him like out if they're just. If we're on a road, that's not a battlefield. Like that kind of goes against rules of war and all that. So, do we have rules of war? Let, let's no, because we have, we haven't actually been declared at um, again. Why don't we just wait and see what they do? Just prepare ourselves for a possible conflict, and we can literally just see what they're gonna do. Hold on. Oh, can you make him believe that we're gonna? He's gonna let us pass. Uh huh. Um. So I can do the Jedi mind trick. Uh-huh. I mean, they wouldn't have known where he was from unless he said it, right? So, I mean, you could go, just kidding. He did not mean Porta Magnum. Uh, we are travelers passing through. I can do that. With yeah. our hearts full of gold. And you're, you are going to let us come through. Does this person seem to be high enough in authority to let us through? Um. It's probably not the commander of the group because, you know, they probably just is, you know, a deputy, the one of the lieutenants to, you know, stopping people. But so certainly the commander probably wouldn't come out himself. I mean, it's worth a shot. Okay, so what do you got to do to do this? Okay. I'm going to spend two sorcery points. How about side points? Yep, that's wrong character. I'm going to spend... Two side points. Yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if you could borrow them from Misty, but yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, he must make an intelligent saving throw. Okay. What is my DC? And what's, Not bad. What statement are we trying to get him to believe? Um, that we are just poor... We're merchants or something. Or, yeah, we're, or merchants. Yeah, we're merchants and you will let us come through. Yeah. We're just trying to sell stone and take it to the next city, sell stone for cash. Okay, so an intelligence saving throw. And they have yes. no bonus on this, so it's just a straight-up roll, which is a 13. What does a 13 do for you? A 13 fails. Okay. So for the next five minutes, 
the target believes one statement of my choice uh, that I communicate to it. And what is that statement? Uh, oh, the statement can be up to 10 words long. Um, let's see. Yeah, that works. For those of you at home, yeah. everybody's counting on their fingers right now. It's pretty <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> um, so it would be, we are merchants and you will let us pass unaffected. Okay. And you see him, he, like I said, he's, he's kind of out of, um, out of all the shouting range at this point in time. Nice. And you just kind of see the horse kind of falter, like the rider was doing something and then it just kind of picks up, but then it just kind of goes at kind of a mosey, like the rider's just not that much of a hurry anymore. And, um, uh, the Carter turns to you, Cotter. And he's, he's kind of looking at you and it's like, what do we do? This. Oh, I'm going to speak in everybody's mind. We're okay. We're good to go. And then all of a sudden, everybody is like looking around like, what, what, uh, what, 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 what? We did this last night. <laughs> I thought. The talking in the mind thing. Or was that? that I think was, it was, was just that... with the players. It was, yeah, it wasn't with the NPC, the NPC guard Carters. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry about it. So it's not quite as bad as it looked and hopefully we should get through this so fine. should we continue sir yes yes okay and he, so he uh, gives a, a gentle slap of the we reins. have five minutes to get through here <laughs> he gives a gentle slap of the reins um and it gets the uh the uh, oxen up to kind of a nonchalant amble um and it's interesting though. Um, roll for me another insight check there, Cotter. Oh, um, 12. 12. I mean, even with the 12, you know, I mean, you can just feel the tension coming off of the, uh, the cart driver next to you. I mean, he's obviously very worried. This, this wasn't in his contract. It's okay. Yeah. I have an aura of courage. Um, he feels better. Very good. Um, and, uh, but you, you actually notice that like even the, uh, the oxen are kind of tossing their heads. Like in, obviously, the the carters and their beasts are very you know close in, in their relationship, and they're apparently picking up on on the nervousness of the driver. So even they seem to be a little little off. And you guys see the uh, horseman uh, ride up into the group, and he just starts addressing them. You can't quite make it out what he's saying from here. You can hear him talking, um, and you just see a lot of people kind of looking, you know, turning head to head to head to head. Uh, but they're not equipping weapons or anything like that. So apparently he's told them that you're just merchants passing through. And um, they seem to be a bit confused, but like I said, they're not taking any aggressive actions. and They're not trying to block the road or anything like that. And you guys creep up on into them, and you see a lot of people staring at you uh, with quizzical looks on their faces. I'm going to hide my shield because I'm pretty sure it has my crest on it. I'm pretty sure it does too. Yeah. Um, so Cotter, uh, uh, red and misty Cotter, you know, surreptitiously slides his shield back into the, uh, the cart with you guys. Um, and as you are passing through the midst of them, you can hear a couple of the footmen talking to the cavalrymen that you just, uh, just, uh, addressed and, and, uh, just brainwashed and the uh, footmen are like, but the only place they could be going is Porta Magna. We're not allowed to send anyone to Porta Magna. We shouldn't be letting them through. And the the horseman is like, no, no, they're just merchants. 
I talk to them. It's just fine. They're just coming through. We don't need to bother them. And the, but then the footmen are like, um, someone go get the captain. This is highly irregular. And you see one of them, uh, you know, turn around and start heading off that way. And uh, there's a tent, maybe 10 feet off the road, uh, you know, not even a tent, but a little shade structure. And you hear some, some voices uh, now getting kind of agitated talking in the tent. And you hear a voice bellow from the tent. What do you think you're doing? Seize them. All right. And then Cotter. Yeah. The carter next to you all of a sudden just lays in with the reins on the oxen. And like I said, they were already feeling kind of nervous and they just take off. And you are actually kind of surprised. I mean, the oxen have been going at kind of a slow amble the entire time. They can move when they want to. And the cart just jerks forward and the other uh, three carts behind it take off right after it at tip top speed. And uh, Craval and Noan. The carts just took off. What are you guys going to do? You know, I can keep up really easily. I just mm-hmm. kind of walk. Well, I'm, at this point, you're probably going to at least have to jog. <laughs> well, I don't know. My speed is 60. How mm-hmm. fast are they moving? They, they are moving probably at um, a, a good uh, 50 feet per, per round. So they, they are moving at a pretty good pace here. At 50 feet, they're mm-hmm. still slower than me. Yeah. Well, I, that, have to, I have to use energy to slow down. Yeah, well, you got to remember, sixty feet means you and a full dead sprint, so you can just dead. No, that's a dash. That's dash. My normal speed is sixty, which is still like as fast as you can go and still fight in a round. I'm I'm just trotting. I'm I have no issue here. Okay, and how about you, Craval? Are you going to jump on the cart? Are you going to run? Or what are you going to do? That's uh, I guess I'll just jump on the back of the cart, uh, the whichever cart's closest. Okay, very good. So you just Um, jump up as it's going by and do the uh, the. train caboose thing where you just pull yourself on the back there okay good and at this point in time we are going to have a skills challenge to see what's going to happen so if you could uh give us a fail and a uh, success token and this one's gonna be kind of advanced it's going to be um eight successes to succeed and four failures to fail and normally i don't tell you guys what the outcome is on uh, these things, but basically what's going to happen is if you succeed, you uh, whatever your narrative is that you develop during the course of the skills challenge is going to allow you to run free of this obstacle. If you fail, you're going to end up getting in a big fight. So here we go. So uh, let us start with initiative to see who goes when. So Cotter? 19. Okay, and um, red? Three. Three, huh? Okay, and Misty? That's with advantage? Ten. Okay. Okay, that's better. And Misty? Seventeen. Okay, and no one? Twenty-five. And Craval? Sixteen. Okay, so it doesn't matter three or ten there, Red. You're still ending up at the caboose of this whole thing. Okay, so the rules for this skills challenge, basically this one is wide open. Whatever you guys can think to get yourselves through this particular situation, um, obviously the standard rules apply if you use something that has is expendable, such as you know casting a spell or using a potion or a scroll or something like that. 
burning key points or things like that. And those, uh, those are expended later on in the day. And you cannot use the skill immediately preceding you. So whoever, whoever did what ahead of you, can't, you can't use that same skill. And you can't use the same one that you used in the previous round. So it's, uh, you got to choose at least something different every round. But aside of that, this one is wide open. Whatever skills that you have to further your escape from this situation, the better. Okay, so we will start at the tippy top of the order and no one. Um, what's, what are you going to do to get yourselves away from this roadblock? Well, seeing so I'm already outside of the uh, cart, I think I'm going to try to sneak sneak past the guard, slipping through some sort of, you know, their tents and kind of behind horses and things like that. So I'm going to stealth my way through. Okay, good. Well, actually, you guys have obviously broken past them and they're going to be trying to catch you up and you can definitely stealth your way and, and stay yeah. uh, stay out of the line of fire. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to yeah sneak around and, and try not to be seen. Okay, so give me a stealth roll. Uh, 28. Yes, this is a success. So you are able to kind of, using your tranquility, stay out of everybody's uh, everybody's mind there. Okay, and then Cotter, you are up next. So could I just, like, use my spell bonus to roll something if I use a spell? Um. So basically, uh, if you're going to, since this is going to be um, a skills challenge, you're going to either use like religion, if it's a religion-based spell, or arcana, if it's a uh, magic-based spell, and that will determine the outcome of, of your success there or failure. Okay. Um, I'm going to use persuasion on the oxen. Uh, no, I'm going <laughs> to uh, use my perception to see which of so we're in the very front cart right you're in the very front cart how close is the rear cart to the people who are the soldiers okay so obviously you guys took off and that was a a big surprise to everybody so you probably got a uh, like 100 foot head start before people even mm -hmm. started moving and obviously, since you're in, in the carts and the carts are going at the tip top speed that uh, an oxen can go, the um, uh, infantry is going to very quickly be left behind and you'll just have to deal with the, the cavalry. But there are a number of them. So is anyone armed with like crossbows or things like that? Uh, it did appear that, yes, indeed, the uh, the um, at least the infantry is armed with crossbows and you would expect the uh, cavalry would have some sort of mounted bow available to them uh, at some point during the, uh, the uh, fight. I am going to use my perception to see which of the carters is getting shot at the most. And then I'm going to cast sanctuary on him. Sounds like a good plan. If it works. Yep. 21. Yes. So you are able to examine the stuff coming in and cast Sanctuary on the rearmost carter. And uh, so they, they end up shooting. Uh, instead, the uh, dwarf next to him gets shot 42 times. Oh, oh well. So. Too bad. <laughs> He's not the one driving, so he can we can revive him later. Okay. Very good. And next up is Misty. What are you going to do? 
All right. To um, sort of lighten the load of the carts, I'm going to jump out and try to use athletics to like sprint alongside. Okay. Very good. Also lessens the chance of you getting bucked out of the cart and falling flat on your face or something. So. 22. Okay. Yes. You are just hit the ground and just start going. Your uh, cloak obviously is flowing behind you in the wind. So there's a potential that they may realize that you're a cat person, but uh, that's a, that's a problem for after this problem is done. I don't think they'll notice. Okay. And then Craval, you get to go. Uh, Craval would like to yell up to the lead wagon and help him uh, use his perception to find the best path to take on the road so that they're using hitting less bumps but hitting more smooth surface to get the most speed out of these wagons as they're hurtling down the path. Okay. So are you in one of the wagons or are you still outside? He jumped on the back of your wagon. Okay. What, what he said. Uh, that'd be a 30. Okay, you definitely succeed. Okay, so right now you guys are being immensely successful, not even one failure so far. Uh, but Red's up next. Wow. <laughs> what he beat me to the joke. Yep. I saw um, I saw it coming. I think I'm going to use history to uh because I have this wealth of knowledge about the geography of the area um to try and like uh direct them towards like the general the big general route so they don't have to go up and down hills and slow down that kind of thing well basically you guys are in a dead sprint down a very flat uh road as you're in the campo magno here so there's not much not much use for that um then can i use medicine to try and um soothe the animals as they're in a dead sprint for um, so long that would be a uh, animal handling role can you do that nope um my really big ones are history religion insight perception and self but in medicine but we just use perception um do you cast your spells based on religion? I don't cast spells. Okay. I use my mind. Um, hold on. Do you have some funky side tricks you can do? Not really. Okay, darn. Um, let's see. Uh, no. <laughs> the tension builds. Dun, dun, dun. As I hurriedly looked through the PDF file, it's so nice to have the search function. Um, no, 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 and no. Okay. Well then. There's no side get out of jail um, free card. For this, I don't. Oh well. <laughs> for this situation, normally I would have something, but for this, I don't. Um, hmm. Because we just use perception, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have something with a lesser bonus but might still work? Like you could say, um, I don't actually know. My only two that have anything else are Arcana and Nature and Investigation. I mean, you could use just like cast a spell on, or not cast I a don't... spell, but whatever. Like use your Arcana to mess with someone and make them like stop, like 
pull in front of another horse and slow down like they're oh. road raging or something oh yeah, 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 yeah we'll go with something in that vein telepathic contact um oh yeah no that's a good idea i will use um are they within 60 feet um probably at this point in time the lead riders would be yes okay cool um then i will use ooh, what skill would that be would that be religion for me probably it's it's straight up intelligence so you could probably use arcana for that okay for a straight up intelligence role one of the two well religion is intelligence as well but but yeah, yeah it, it do... wouldn't be religion because that would be looking up religious facts and things like that okay yep we'll just do an uh, intelligence then uh with psychic grip okay um gonna get a grip. it's um i guess i'll roll first um nice non-natural 20 okay um so you succeed what what do you what does your succeed look like so okay so i spend six side points and um the target must succeed on an intelligence saving throw or it is paralyzed for a minute oh really and what are you targeting again the lead rider the, the lead uh the lead person you should target the horse. Yeah, the, the lead target, the lead guy's horse. Okay, and it gets a 10. Okay, cool. So it is paralyzed for a minute. Okay, and so you can see that the horse is like in mid-gallop, and then it just fails to bring its feet back down, and just you just see the slow motion of it crashing into the ground and the lead rider flying off, and then like the two horses behind that have to do a quick, uh, S-turn to get out of the way of the oncoming accident and start dropping behind and uh, yeah, creates an even bigger uh, gap between you and the pursuers. Okay, well, very good first uh, go around here. Now we'll move on to Noan again. And what are you going to do, Noan? I was thinking about casting darkness behind us. Ah, okay. How would that work? That would be an arcana. Uh but but shouldn't that be like just an automatic pass as a huge field of darkness blocks your view of us completely? Uh, unless you do something wrong, so you'd have to roll. I mean, yeah, I guess if we're moving super fast, like how well can you target? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. You'd have you know, to. Yeah, like you step in a gopher hole and all of a sudden the darkness yeah. appears on, on the side of the road and not in the middle of the road. Well, I don't want to burn up uh, an ability for something risky. This time I'm going to do acrobatics. I'm going to bounce around and, and make myself uh, harder to, to, to uh, okay, good. block on. And actually, it's a, it's a good thing you're doing that because um, actually you guys see that the uh, footman uh, basically being outpaced by all the, uh, the riders basically just stop and they um, start just pulling out their crossbows and a rain of arrows start falling down amongst the uh, carts there. And uh, you guys will all have a chance of being hit there really quick. So uh, Cotter, hmm. does a 23 hit you? Yes, it does. I'm going to use my reaction to uh, give an, the attack on the Carter to my right. Mm -hmm. uh, disadvantage on that attack. Okay. Good. So you take f uh, five points of damage from an, an arrow uh, just nicking you. And then red does a uh, 16 hit you. Yeah. You take three points of damage from an arrow nicking you. And then Misty does a six hit you. No. 
Well, so basically, um, you're running along and just one lands just thunk in the ground right beside you, but misses you. Uh, Noan, how about a 14? Does that hit you? No, and I also have Sanctuary on. Were they yes. randomly firing or did they target they, they me? Were, they were just firing at the uh, receding mass of carts in the distance. So th these are just randomly fired. That's sort of like, yeah, a mass yeah. attack. Mm -hmm. Anyways, that misses me completely. Okay, good. And then um, Creval, does a 16 hit you? No, sir, it does not. Okay, good. So this one probably just chinks off of the pauldron of your armor and goes flying away. And um, and I still have to roll my acrobatics. Yep. Uh, I forgot I was going to do this in between rounds. So everyone takes a couple of things. And then a couple of the uh, um, carts get hit by them. But uh, thankfully, thanks to uh, your efforts there, uh, Cotter, your, your particular carter doesn't get hit by anything. And um, then, you know, onto the round. So what's, what is your acrobatics as you're dancing around trying to keep from getting hit by all these arrows? Uh, Fifteen. Okay, 15, no, doesn't do it. That's a failure. So uh, basically you're trying to avoid these arrows coming in and one lands basically right at your feet and just trips you and you end up kind of going, uh, you know, head over heels and, and trying to roll with it, but you make a big old cloud of dust as, as uh, you trip over that. So, okay, actually one failure. That's interesting. So three successes to win, three successes or failures to lose. Next up is Cotter. What are you going to do? Um, so I used perception last time. Mm hmm Okay. Uh, can I assume that the dwarf in the place got hit? In um, actually, it seems like the other, other, uh, uh, folks there just kind of cowered under the seats and things like that. So they, mm -hmm. they were safe. Okay. Although there is an arrow now sticking out of the oxen yoke ahead of you. So, I mean, it came that close to actually taking a, hitting one of your oxen. Mm-hmm. Um, can I use my persuasion to shout back to the other drivers and encourage them to keep going faster? Or are they already well persuaded by arrows? Uh, they're definitely um, persuaded by arrows to go faster, but uh, you're... Uh, you're if you're using like diplomacy or something like that, diplomacy yeah. isn't a skill. Anymore. Yeah. So it's persuasion. So you could, you yeah. could definitely bolster them um, that way using persuasion. Yeah. I will do that. And that's an 18. Okay. Yes. You are successful and you shout encouragement to everybody and you kind of see them uh, double down and, and uh, continue urging their, their steeds forward. Okay, and Misty, what are you going to do? You're running along like crazy. Noan just hit the turf a few minutes ago and is bounding back to his feet. And arrows there's still are falling arrows around you. Down? There's arrows here and there and everywhere, yes. All right, um, I think I'm going to use Insight to try to see maybe, because for that first round, I was just like dead sprinting, and mm -hmm. now I'm thinking maybe I should think about where I'm sprinting a bit. So I'm going to um, use Insight. Or, or It would be Perception. Insight lets you decide uh, what people's internal state is you know what their what their okay. motivations what they're um, feeling well that doesn't have as much of, okay i'll use perception is your arcana decent decent you want to try taking out some of the riders chasing us um yeah i suppose um i mean i could just like straight fireball them yep that would that would take them out but i don't know if i want to like Three times All right. already. <laughs> All right. Um, 
I think I'll, I'll magic missile him because that gives me more of a chance of actually hitting. Um, okay, we'll roll roll an Arcana check to see what the result of your magic missile is. And sixteen. Okay, so um, that is not a success. So basically, what happens is you um, fire off your magic missiles, and they thunk into a bunch of the um, the uh, different riders coming at you, and only one of them tumbles from his seat, and they all kind of look at each other, and you get the distinct impression that that was everybody's favorite soldier there, and now they're really mad. And you just see them really, you know, just dig their heels into the sides of their horses, and the horses speed up at you. So you, you end up. Don't penny. Sorry. <laughs> so you take out the the one. Okay, so now it's getting interesting. Once again, two failures to lose and two su- successes to win. So uh, you guys are still threading the hairy edge of failure here. Okay, and speaking of that, Craval, you get to go next. What are you going to do? Craval will kind of like do his best to use like a sort of like a one legged lunge to. Not to lunge off, but just to like stand up, and he's going to extend the glaive in the air and let out a loud roar, like a draconic style. And when he does, his lightning breath will go off into the glaive, and he'll use it to spread the, the lightning across the ground behind him to be try of intimidation to get these guys to back off some as it strikes the ground in front of their horses. That's fancy. Sounds good. Okay, roll intimidation to see what happens when lightning goes shooting out there. Uh, the die's 14 and it's a five on intimidation. So 19, 19 is a success. So yes, the, uh, you, uh, bifurcate your, uh, your, uh, lightning breath in so many ways and light and lightning balls go shooting across the, uh, ground and you just see all the horses swerving back and forth, trying to avoid it. And they drop further behind. Okay. And then red one success uh, to win and two to failures to lose. What are you going to do? Yeah. So, presumably some of the other um the driver or the oxen might have gotten a little bit spooked from that lightning so i can use perception to like try and guide them back to where we're supposed to be going um you'd have to use like persuasion to guide them back perception would be able to figure out where you're going to make sure there's no holes in the road or something like that um wouldn't it be persuasion persuasion would be to you could still use perception. I don't think that's right. You could you still use perception, but you would be using it rather to, you know, find all the the hazards in your path or something like that. And then you could guide then you could shout at people and guide them around it. Yeah, do that. Okay. Yes, that that would work. Cool. Non natural twenty. Okay, very good. And you guys all succeed. Yay. And so basically, yeah, there's a, a big rut in the road, and you're able to uh, basically just jump forward and point at it. And the uh, carter swings the oxen wide of it just at the nick of time, and the other carts follow. And one the one last round of parting shots at all of you. So uh, Cotter, I'm gonna do the same. Does twenty one hit you? Uh, yes, it does. Okay. So you get thunked for two points of damage. And red, uh, 23 hits you, I believe. Yeah. For eight points of damage, you get thunked solidly this time. And then Misty, uh, apparently your uh, lucky day, a 10 total. So uh, misses you there. And no one, a nine total. So not even close. And then Craval 
a 16. Does that hit you? No, sir. No. Glances off your armor again. Okay. And um, between the lightning and the magic missiles and just the distance that you're able to put on it, you very quickly outstrip the uh, guards there from Excalibarium Calice. And it's uh, basically you you keep going until... uh, you know the uh, they're out of sight at which time the carter slows everything down and ba- you know brings the uh, oxen back to an amble and that's where we're going to stop today Notes. Okay. Well, a bunch of stuff to talk about here. Uh, first, obviously, is um, what were you thinking, Bryce, uh, when you are going to Port of Magnum and you know that the opponents on the road are against people going to Port of Magnum? Uh, maybe not tell them you're going to Port of Magnum. That uh, seemed like there could have been some obfuscation there that might have helped out. Um, and that actually brings up the next thing, the whole skills challenge. Skills challenges are fun. They came out of 4th edition, and they um, allowed us to bring more emphasis on the skills session, the skill points, all the different skills that the players have. And that uh, made them you know, more useful than just, there's a door, I roll uh, athletics to knock it down. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, that being said, we did have exactly one of those early on, or several of those, and uh, they rolled 11 on their check to see if they could figure out what was going on in camp. And those are always a toughie for the dungeon master, because obviously if you roll a 3 or a 5, yeah, you just totally miffed it up and, and there's no problem with, uh, adjudicating that. And same thing if you roll a 19 or 20, hey, no problem, you, you got it, and no problem adjudicating that. But it's these rolls in the middle that are always so troublesome. You know, 10, 11, 12, uh, when they're shy of the easy mark, uh, but still better than an absolute failure. So they're always a little bit troublesome where you're like, yeah, you kind of got it, but you kind of didn't. But there we are. But the uh, skills challenge was kind of successful. And it's always fun to find out what the characters can do because a lot of times they end up looking into their skill set and going hey you know i never use x skill very often let me try using that because i got a plus three on this one Uh, so it's kind of good and then uh, obviously i totally miffed the uh arrows i totally forgot i was going to do those in between the rounds and uh then that's always uh, a pain in the butt as well for the dungeon master because you want those to affect the players but you don't want to you know have them kill all of the drivers and the passengers as well so you kind of have to narrate around that but anyways so the players have made it through the roadblock and it's smooth sailing on the way to port of magnum now right well we'll just have to wait for the next episode to find out until then let us know what you think Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.